0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
1: The secret weapon that took down Al-Qaeda's leader. Why they call it the Flying Ginzu. The box that held a model of the targeted house. And the house today covered with a tarp. Then... Turned in by his own son for rioting at the Capitol. What his family is saying today.
2: When your family's ripped apart for ideology, it's hard to swallow. Plus, liquor
1: store armed robbery. The owner is 80 years old. And... The dentist and big-game hunter found guilty of killing his wife. Hi, I'm Dr. Larry Rudolph. He murdered her on safari to collect nearly $5 million in life insurance.
3: Was he having an affair with his office manager?
1: Then, they were left out of their mother's will. What we've learned about Naomi Judd's last will and testament. There may be a challenge to the legitimacy of the will. Plus, message in a bottle found washed up on a beach 27 years later. All four of our autographs right there from 1995. Wait till you hear where it turned up. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville.
4: Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. It is a major blow against the terror group behind the attack on 9-11. We're learning more today about how Al-Qaeda leader Ayman Al-Zafquiri was taken out in a covert raid on a safe house in Kabul. Let's Trent with a look at the secret weapon that was critical in the mission's success. We're
3: learning new details about the secret CIA weapon that took out the world's most wanted terrorist. Ayman al Zwahiri was killed by so called Ginzu missiles, named after the slice and dice Japanese knives popular in the 1980s. How's that for sharp? They were fired with pinpoint accuracy from a drone flying at 50,000 feet. The missiles don't explode. Instead, they're equipped with six super sharp rotating blades that can cut through concrete.
5: It's the kind of thing that is very tailored, very focused, that if you wanted to take out the passenger of a car uh, and not the driver, it's that kind of... a. Uh... Uh, that kind of
3: a focus. TV networks interrupted regular programming last night as President Biden, still battling COVID, announced the operation from the blue room balcony. The United States successfully concluded an airstrike in Kabul, Afghanistan, that killed the Emir of Al Qaeda. This just released photo shows the president being briefed on the operation. That box contains a scale model of the apartment building where the 71-year-old terror leader was living. This is the building today. A green tarp covers the third floor balcony where he was killed at 6.18 a.m. Sunday. It's in an affluent neighborhood of Kabul and is owned by the family of Afghanistan's interior minister.
0: He was obviously there with the complete knowledge and connivance of the Taliban. And I'm sure if they're willing to harbor public enemy number one in the United States, after all, al-Zawahiri has had a $25 million bounty on his head for more than two decades. There's lots of other fish
2: in that pond.
3: The National Security Council's John Kirby was pressed about whether Afghanistan is again a safe haven for terrorists.
2: Asked some members of Al-Qaeda, ask them how, how safe they feel in Afghanistan right now.
3: After the successful mission, al-Zwahiri was labeled deceased on his FBI Most Wanted poster. He was Osama bin Laden's right-hand man and a key figure in plotting the 9-11 attack. He reportedly moved to downtown Kabul in April, apparently believing the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan put him out of reach. He was dead
6: wrong. We do not break. We never give in. We never back down.
4: A senior White House official said the United States has been aware of a network protecting al-Zwahiri for several years. With his death, U.S. intelligence believes they've now either killed or captured all of the plotters behind 9-11. Two weeks before the January 6th insurrection, this young man alerted the FBI about concerns he had about his father. And when his father was charged in connection with his actions that day, he was called in to testify. Now his father has been given the harshest January 6th sentence yet. Stephen Fabian spoke with the convicted man's family. He
5: his mouth
6: to the wife his, and daughters yeah, of Capitol rioter Guy Reffitt are way. speaking out today um, about his being sentenced to the longest prison term of any other rioter, seven years. When you heard this sentence come down, seven years. What was your
2: reaction? I mean, I, I was shocked.
6: Daughters Sarah and Peyton Reffitt, along with their mom, Nicole, says their family is now torn apart.
2: When your family's ripped apart for ideology, it, it it's, a hard, it's hard to swallow.
6: Video from the insurrection shows Guy Reffitt on the steps of the Capitol wearing a helmet. He was also armed with a pistol. He was a member of the militia movement known as the Texas Three Percenters and had sent messages recruiting others to join him on January 6th. It was Refit's teenage son Jackson who called the FBI and turned in his own father. After the riots, Jackson Reffitt told Inside Edition yeah, the part, his father had issued this case. shocking warning to the family. If you're a traitor, you get shot. I took it as a threat personally. During the trial, Jackson testified against his father, saying that he threatened both him and his sister in an attempt to deter them from speaking to authorities. And the judge referenced those threats against his own children when handing down the seven year sentence. Today, Refit's daughter Peyton told me she never believed her father would carry out his threat uh, to the family.
3: He was ranting and he, me and Jackson have both stated that we did not think that he was actually going to do anything about a threat, that it was an empty threat.
6: His other daughter, Sarah, also says her father's seven-year sentencing seems unfair.
2: You can watch what he did that day, all recorded, and it was just, I'm not saying, I'm not you know, saying anything about the actual actions, but it was almost nothing compared to like the grand scheme of everything that was happening.
6: Yesterday outside the courthouse, daughter Peyton had this to say.
2: Trump deserves life in prison if my father's in prison for this long.
6: Do you blame Donald Trump for your dad going to prison?
2: I wouldn't put all blame on Trump, but
3: I do think he knowingly took part in using people like my father's pawn.
4: Along with that seven-year prison sentence, Refet has also been ordered to receive mental health treatment. So far, 884 people have been charged in connection with January 6th. A robbery didn't go as the bad guys planned when a dude walked into a liquor store brandishing an automatic weapon. Security cameras show that he was met with another gun whipped out by the 80-year-old shop owner. Jim Murray has more.
7: It's a brazen robbery. A suspect walks into a liquor store armed with an assault rifle. But the store owner is ready. Even though he's 80 years old, he has the reflexes of a teenager and opens fire. The suspect entered the liquor store in the dead of night here in the small town of Norco, California, about 50 miles east of Los Angeles. After a recent uptick in robberies in the area, the owner installed high-tech security cameras around the perimeter of the property. When the suspects pulled up to the store, the owner was watching them on his monitor, ready to defend his business. The suspect goes running, screaming for his life. The getaway car peels out as one suspect struggles to get in the passenger side. Meanwhile, 80-year-old Craig Cope stands guard with his rifle in hand in case any trouble comes back. A short time later, he reportedly suffered a heart attack from the ordeal. He was rushed to the hospital, but is going to be okay. Tamara Gibbons says her boss is a hero.
5: I'm glad that they caught
4: the guys, and I'm glad Craig shot him. I mean, he's a local hero, you know, especially, you know, he's 80 years old. Two suspects are being held on $500,000 bail, and the officials say that the wounded guy will join them once he's released from the hospital. The last will and testament of country star Naomi Judd is raising plenty of eyebrows among her fans, who are more than a bit concerned and surprised to learn that Miss Judd left nothing to her famous daughters, Ashley and Winona. Cut
7: out of her will. Country legend Naomi Judd left her daughters, Winona and Ashley, out of her last will and testament. The Nashville superstar, who shot herself to death three months ago, left total control of her $25 million estate to her husband of 33 years. I nominate and appoint my spouse, Larry Strickland, as executor of my estate, reads the will just obtained by Inside Edition. You can see her signature at the bottom, signed Naomi Judd, November 20th, 2017.
5: My mama loved you so much. And she appreciated your love for her.
7: The country music world was rocked when Naomi committed suicide just one day before she and Wynonna were to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. My heart's broken,
5: and I feel so blessed, and it's a very strange
7: dynamic. To be this broken and this blessed. According to published reports, Winona is upset with her mother's will. The document makes no mention of Winona or Ashley. Two weeks after her death, Strickland appeared with his stepdaughters at a memorial for Naomi.
5: I knew how fragile she was.
7: The will was signed by two witnesses and entered into probate court in May, just a few days after Ashley Judd discussed her mother's long battle with mental illness with Diane Sawyer. I will share with you that she used a weapon.
6: Legal expert Royal Oaks. The daughters can fight the will. They can go to court and say, Your Honor, guess what? We have reason to believe there was coercion or mental illness going on, so
1: let's investigate this.
4: The lawyers who witnessed the signing of the will attested that at the time, Naomi Judd was of sound mind. The day after Beyonce agreed to change a lyric offensive to the disabled, Monica Lewinsky is asking her to change something else.
3: Beyonce is coming under attack again today, this time by, of all people, Monica Lewinsky. Yesterday, Beyonce agreed to delete the word spaz in one of her new songs. The word is said to be insulting to people with disabilities. Monica Lewinsky heard about the controversy and tweeted, um, While we're at it, hashtag partition. Partition is a 2013 song that references Lewinsky's notorious affair with President Clinton in 1998. In the song, Beyonce sings, He, Monica Lewinsky. Well, the rest is so naughty, we can't go there. No word yet from the superstar. The controversies that keep popping up around Renaissance haven't affected the numbers. It just broke a record on Spotify with 43 million streams.
4: And it was a typical little kid thing to do, write a message, put it in a bottle and see where it turns up. Well, for one group of friends, Amra Cagliano says the bottle was found years later an underwhelming distance away they've been best friends forever.
2: One lazy day in 1995 when they were 10, Brian, Drew and Travis and his kid brother Lance thought of something.
5: We thought one day would be a cool idea To say, hey, you know what, let's put a note in a bottle and give it a roll and see what happens.
2: They wrote a message in a bottle and tossed it into the bayou just outside Houston. Did you ever think about the note over the years?
5: No, to be honest, uh, I I did maybe a year or so once we did it, but we completely lost track of it. Uh, I never thought of it. I mean, we're talking almost 30 years ago.
2: 27 years later, Terry Pettyjohn was cleaning a beach with a bunch of volunteers when he found a thick green bottle.
5: There's this bottle buried, so I kind of reached down and and had to kind of pull it, you know, dig it. I I looked and, and it sealed. I said, oh my God, this is a note.
2: The only way to get the note was to break the bottle. This is what he read. If you find this, please call. If not home, please leave it on answering machine. It was signed Travis, Brian, Drew, and Lance. Terry called the numbers, but they had been disconnected a long time ago. So he turned to Facebook.
5: Bada bing, bada boom, we found Brian.
2: So how far did the bottle travel after all those many years? Was it to the other side of the world? China, maybe. The tip of South America? Nope, not even close. The bottle had gone a grand total of just two, yups two miles. Their theory? It sank to the bottom of the shallow water and then slowly rolled its way to the beach where it was found. I bet that
5: that that bottle was heavy enough, it actually wouldn't float. So interesting to think that all the hurricanes and the many other storms, you know, it only went two miles.
2: There is a poignant side note to the story. That first name? Their best pal, Travis Castor, unexpectedly died two years ago. Do you think he was sending you a message?
5: hundred uh, percent. It was just a, a sign and kind of said, get goosebumps right now talking about it. We thought maybe it was a, a message from above from him that letting us know he's OK.
4: What a find after all these years. And by the way, according to the BBC, the oldest known message in a bottle was tossed from a German ship into the Indian Ocean back in 1886. It was found 132 years later on a beach in Perth, Australia. And check out this happy scene as the last student from the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, was released from the hospital. That's 10-year-old Maya Zamora thanking her doctors and nurses by giving them roses before she left. She was shot in three of her limbs. She's had multiple surgeries. The hospital calls Maya a hero, and we do not disagree back with more Inside Edition right after this.
1: Next, the dentist and big game hunter found guilty of killing his wife. Hi, I'm Dr. Larry Rudolph. He murdered her on safari to collect nearly $5 million in life insurance. Was he having an affair with his office manager? And look who's back after his facial paralysis, Justin Bieber. So good to be here. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. We'll be right back. The nurse who adopted her patient's dog after the patient died. I
6: just like really connected with her.
1: Next, Inside Edition, the kind hearted caregiver who went beyond her nurse's oath and the promise she made to her dying patient. I was
2: like, well, I have to go get this dog from the town. Then, hello.
1: They came to a victor.
2: i like, what is going on?
1: But they got the wrong house.
2: It is a big mistake to make.
1: Next, Inside Edition.
4: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It was a death that seemed a bit sketchy from the very beginning. She was a wife who shared her husband's love of big game hunting. He said she shot herself accidentally while packing to leave a safari. But the evidence didn't add up, especially when it was revealed he was having an affair. Now both the husband and his mistress have been found guilty.
3: Hi, I'm Dr. Larry Rudolph. He's a millionaire dentist with a love for big game hunting. Now he's been found guilty of shooting his wife to death on safari. Bianca Rudolph was found dead from a shotgun blast in Zambia in 2016. Larry Rudolph claimed she accidentally shot herself while packing the gun. But the dentist was later charged with murder here in the U.S., the FBI says he killed his wife of 34 years to get $5 million in insurance money and start a new life with his lover, who was also his office manager. Prosecutors said Rudolph was overheard at a restaurant having an argument with the lover and saying, I killed my blanking wife for you. Rudolph's two children, including his daughter Anna, who is also a dentist, were seen entering court during the trial. They are supporting their dad. But after a three-week trial, the 67-year-old dentist was just convicted of murder.
5: We can only hope this verdict brings Bianca's family
3: some peace. The charge that he killed his wife for the insurance money, what say you?
2: We believe that he was wrongly accused there. Um, Dr. Rudolph, like we have said multiple times throughout the trial and in our pretrial pleadings, did not
4: need the insurance money.
3: Rudolph's lover, Lori Milliron, was convicted of perjury and being an accessory after the fact.
4: Dr. Rudolph faces up to life in prison at sentencing. His girlfriend faces up to 35 years. We'll be back with more Inside Edition right after this.
1: Still to come, look who's back after his facial paralysis, Justin Bieber. So good to be here.
2: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
4: That's Justin Bieber back on stage after postponing his world tour because of that health issue.
6: The Biebs is back. Justin Bieber resumed his tour two months after being diagnosed with Ramsey Hunt syndrome that left him with partial face paralysis. As you can see, this eye is not blinking. I can't smile on this side of my face. This nostril will not move. So there's full paralysis in this side of my face. Bieber was forced to postpone his world tour. Now he's back performing shirtless in Italy. His wife Haley joined him backstage after the show. I'm just so grateful to be back. I love each and every one of you guys so much. And Britney Spears is feeling red hot. She shared this throwback video showing off her toned legs in a tight red mini dress with a sexy thigh slit. She captioned it with one word, red, and three rose emojis.
4: And when we come back, a pesky parrot. Finally today, imagine the boss's reaction to this call.
3: This UPS guy has a wild story for his boss. I have a a bird that's like literally on my shoulder right now and he won't leave. And I'm trying to finish working. Just kind of flew up out of
5: nowhere and just kind of plopped on my shoulder and just won't leave. So... He's not lying, I'm a customer. I'm feeding the bird. I'm trying to get it so he can get back to work, but he bit me.
3: Looks like UPS has a new fine feathered recruit.
4: (laughs) Poor fella. (laughs) Got a sidekick and that is Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. thank you for watching. We'll see you again tomorrow.